Mm, today's episode is going to have big pussy energy. My girl is back. Rosie Ree is one of our most popular episodes and we recorded this at the live show. So if you've just joined the podcast for the very first time, hello, welcome. I'm your host, Heidi Anderson. And we just did at the start of this month, a live podcast show for Champagne Confidence here in Perth, where I'm based. And it was incredible. We had Steph Gorton, Rumbi Mazengi and... Rosie Rees. And so you can jump back to past episodes and hear those girls. Um, Otherwise, you can stay tuned to this one. Rosie has been on the podcast before. Her and I are soul sisters. This woman is changing people's lives. And I love this episode so much. The side of Rosie, we don't see a lot of, like we see a lot of, but she doesn't talk a lot into this. Um, She is a powerhouse sex toy entrepreneur. She's changing women's lives with her movement, Stop Sucking It In. And I'm just honored to have her back on the show. And she's also written a beautiful endorsement for my book. She's been a big part of helping me choose the cover, um, the colors, and she's a huge inspiration. So if you want to get around my book as well, it is in pre-sale, Drunk on Confidence, a memoir by me. The link is in the show notes. Uh, Let's get into the episode. You know how you feel after a couple of glass of bubbles? You're confident, you're self-assured, and you're ready to take on the world? Imagine if you had the strength and awareness to do that when the buzz wears off. I'm Heidi Anderson, author, former radio host, and CEO of my own company, and this podcast is about building your confidence by stepping outside your comfort zone. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. Free sparkles, but I feel like I've had 10,000 because, <laughs> and she's on the water <laughs> because I've got the energy of everyone else. We've had amazing speakers already, and I don't want to say I saved the best for last because they're all individually fantastic and amazing, and you'll get champagne confident from every single one of them. But Rosie and I do have a very special connection, and we are it's like we have done a lot, another life together. Um, we've done, yeah, yeah. What did you think I was talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Did I just forget to say the past life part? Um, but we've done so many things from when I worked on radio and you launch, you know, nude yoga, naked awakening, uh, around Australia. We have been nude together several times. (laughs) I don't even think we could count it on our hands, could we? I think I can pick your vulva out of like a line. (laughs) Rosie's been on my podcast before, so if you want to go back and listen to it, oh, I did write it down. Now I didn't bring the piece of paper that I wrote it down, but look for um, Big Pussy Energy if you want to go back and listen to it. That's the name of the podcast. And that's why you're here to talk about Big Pussy Energy, to talk about women's sexuality, to talk about champagne confidence um, with you and your relationship and the way that you put yourself out there. But I want to know before we dive into all this. How would you describe Rosie or how would your partner Ash describe Rosie? Would you both describe the same way? Probably not. Um, I, how do I describe myself? I'm very, 
Oh my god, the first thing that comes to mind is like erratic and like I just go with my heart, I go with my pussy, I just <laughs> I I really feel like I Oh my god, that's such a hard question. I don't know, I've got big pussy energy. You I'm do just, have big pussy energy, that's why I call the episode big pussy energy. Yeah. I feel like I have a really strong relationship to my sexuality and that kind of just it, I, it drives me in life and I yeah. want everyone to feel that connection today. And you do, like you that's what you put out to the world. And I, I guess like even when I was thinking about Rosie as the third speaker, I was like, it's like the R A T. You know, like on TV, like the late with Rosie. <laughs> We're talking big pussy energy and big dick energy. We'll get to that. Um, but that is your mission mm. is, and you know, is to empower women in their sexuality and men, I think as well, but mainly women. So how did you get to be this champagne confident woman who puts herself out there on social media and talks about, you know, we call you a social media button pusher because you talk about conversations that get you shadow banned (laughs) that are X rated to some people that might seem a little bit like, Oh, uncomfortable. So how have you, you know, built yourself into the woman that you are? I feel like I've always been a sexual person. Like I remember just exploring my body from such a young age. And then as a teenager, I was just so sexual. Like I swear to God, I could have fucked the whole school. Like I had so much sexual energy the in my whole body. Story of like, how do I channel this? But again, we're not taught, we're not, we're conditioned to not touch our vagina, our vulva. We're conditioned to that it's bad, that it's naughty. I had a lot of um, Catholic guilt thrown into that. So I felt bad after having sex I remember crying the first time I lost my virginity um so I feel like I had all this energy and I didn't know what to do with it and so I think I was 26 when I moved to Perth and I I went to this jade egg workshop in Bali and I put this jade egg inside my vagina and literally it was a game changer for me like I was like I was quite addicted to my vibrator before that and I didn't I just slept with people and and was kind of seeking love and validation at the end of a penis which it doesn't exist there so um you know so when I started using this jade egg it, it created this beautiful connection to my body it was the first time I touched my yoni looked at her felt her in a way that wasn't needing to give sexual pleasure to someone else or validation for myself it was just this beautiful <coughs> entry point to sexuality and self-love as well like it really started I felt like for me it, that started my self-love journey like I feel like I wasn't a very confident person before tapping into that energy yeah and that helped to like yeah open my heart open my mind and start my business I feel like the more I was tapped into that I was able to like literally my pussy has created Yoni Pleasure Palace splash blanket yeah, we'll talk Rosie about that. Yeah. Talk about this because this is the thing. What Rosie is very humble about is that she's an incredible entrepreneur, a sex toy entrepreneur who creates sex toys, sex crystal wands, um, all these businesses. And this, you're looking at a woman who is just changing the world of so many people. And I think that's something we don't like. You're you're so busy having conversations and trying to change the world with these conversations, but what people don't see is the businesswoman mm-hmm. as well. That you know, and the creator. And so it all started because you used a yoni egg, and then what you went out and decided to sell. Yeah, I was a relationship coach. So I actually went to uh, Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within, realized I was in a pretty unhealthy relationship. I wasn't loving the work that I was doing. I was in recruitment 
And after that awakening, I quit my corporate job. I literally packed up my life into boxes and went to India, became a yoga teacher, did the spiritual journey thing. Um, so when I came to Perth and I was relationship coaching, I had a session with a business coach and she was like, I think it's time to move your blog to a business, you know, to actually start making, not just coaching, but like sell a product. And I was like, cool, I'll sell vibrators. And so then I went to this JDA workshop. I'm like, actually, I want to quit my vibrator. And then I had quite a reliance on that to climax and to have those clitoral orgasms. And I was like, I want to start creating crystal dildos and glass dildos and just seeing how that feels. And it just, like, that was the game changer. So then I started designing sex toys. Yeah. And so do you test them out on yourself? I do. They're everywhere in our house, aren't they? <laughs> so uh, Rosie's partner, Ash, is here. If you don't follow um, Rosie, you do need to get around Rosie, but you also need to get around the handsome mum as well, which Ash is a very good friend of mine. And Rosie and Ash are now engaged and they're going to get married and we're going to talk about their relationship because it's something special and you guys have been together for how long now? Four years. Oh, actually, I remember when you got together. <laughs> It was just before I got married at my house party. <laughs> what did you do there? You guys snuck off to talk to her on the phone and you were like, who is this? No. Uh, Ash know. actually came to my uh, hen's party and you went off and were making out with her in the car. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, let's talk about Ash for a second because I want to, we'll, we'll talk about this. It actually makes Rosie and I both a little bit, we get a bit nervous because we were saying uh, Ash now identifies as they and them. And so for us, when we're talking about Ash, we both, you know, we're like, we're probably going to fuck it up yeah. and say her. And, and it is a topic of conversation in 2022 and to be respectful of people's pronouns. So can you explain that to us for a little bit? Yeah, Ash basically doesn't identify as male or female like you just don't you, you don't feel like there's a gender for you and it's really true like when we met um yeah you had the long blonde hair and you're um you know wearing fitness clothes and stuff like that but the more that we've connected and um been together you've stepped more into a more of a masculine um I guess you know presentation but also just your energy as well and it makes total sense that Ash is in a she, her. Like it doesn't, even when I say she, her, because I still have to say it around my my mum and my grandparents and they don't kind of get it quite yet. Although my mum came up and had a conversation at the dinner table with us and was like, okay, let me try and understand, which is great. I love that, you know, our parents are trying yeah. to understand or at least bringing up the, the topic. Um, but for me, it's more just like trying to just say they um yeah it's, because, it's not an automatic thing mm. just yeah well Sorry, even and i think i referred her before and then i was like oh shit we're gonna have a pronouns <laughs> conversation and you know like ash said they said oh it's not a big deal it's okay yeah. but it is it's a respectful thing i think of just in 2022 to have these conversations as well absolutely yeah and i think i ask more people now like what they identify as and even though ash isn't trans like a lot of people are becoming non-binary because they don't fit into a specific box. Mm. And I think it's important to check in with people for sure. Well, tell us about your relationship. Cause like I said, you were together at my wedding. I remember cause it was all the honeymoon phase. And you know, like I said, you snuck off at my hands party. Sorry about that. <laughs> and you came back and you're like, yeah, we're making it up <laughs> in the car. 
<laughs> and we were all like, oh my God, this is so hot. <laughs> Two chicks. Yeah, what? And there was something that he was more wanting you and you know because well the thing is I met Rosie and you were with boys yeah and so to me it wasn't I think we actually had the conversation on my hens party and I'm like no Rosie go for it I think it would just be great content even if nothing comes out <laughs> And you know, you're a sexual, like you're talking about sexuality, and I was like, this is just great content for you. <laughs> and we sort of around like, and then, and then Rosie was like, oh, but I think I'm starting to, you know, and we're like, what? You're catching the feels. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so tell us about that. How did you, because now you would say that you're a lesbian, right? And you're, you're getting married to Ash, and it's so fucking exciting, and I love it. But you, I only ever knew you for so long to be with men. It's funny, I, at the start of our relationship, I really struggled to give myself the label of lesbian. Um, I think because as, as a, it's funny, my first sexual experience was with a girl and I remember having lots of, um, I, I really liked some girls at school and I look back now and I'm like, I didn't just like her, I actually had a full blown crush on her and I never realized that because I grew up in such a heteronormative society and I didn't have any lesbians around me. Like, none so I actually didn't think it was a possibility to be with a woman it just wasn't anywhere not even in magazines or movies or like nothing so I always just thought and if I did hook up with girls it was kind of to impress the boys and it was just very drunken usually but when I hit 30 something changed I was just like women were on my radar and I met Ash in 2015 and she and I, I'll call her she then because she was a she then, but <laughs> she was um, dancing for Jungle Body on stage. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, who is this person? And I was like, pussy tingles, like, heart. <laughs> and um, I – so apparently we met afterwards, but I was so nervous. I don't think – I don't even remember talking to you. But then we both followed each other on Instagram mm. realised she was married to a man. I was like, oh, okay, my gator is way off. <laughs> Um, and then three years later, I reached out. And three I years later? Yeah. And what did you say? So I gave it three years. Wow. <laughs> did you think about Ash in that three years? Yeah, yeah. Because we followed each other. We never ever talked or anything. We just maybe liked photos. And you thought that they were pretty hot? I thought they were so hot. Mm. Yeah. It was, they were doing it for me. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, three years later, we were. We, I just slipped into the DMs, basically, and... I asked, but I said, I said, are you into chicks? I was, I was straight to the point, and that, oh, that was me to a T. I'm like very blunt. I'm like, are you into chicks? And they were like, yeah. And I've had a crush on you for like three years. So I was like, oh, great. <laughs> and then it was my hand party. Yeah, basically. And so then what happened? So we were both, Ash was married, I was with the man. And honestly, I felt as though what we would do is basically just tell our partners, hey, we have this little connection do you mind if we play, like, just connect in mm. some way and then go back to our partners. Like, that was literally our intention, um, not to break up marriages or to separate our relationships. And then when we caught up in person, we were like, actually, there's so much more than just a sexual connection here. Like, it was a heart, head, full, drawn feeling. So we had to go and make the hard decisions after that. Yeah, and now you're going to get married. Yeah, I know. When are you getting married? I don't know. Just check asking me that. And yeah, I'm like, um, have I got my invite yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
was like, I'm surely a bridesmaid. You hooked up at my hands party. So we had, yeah, Ash proposed in Feb last year and um, a week, basically it was like a week later, they, their left leg became really like painful, nerve um, issues and just, I don't know, we didn't know what was happening. And then the right leg started to kind of get these tingles and I had to rush them to emergency um, by that stage, they couldn't walk, so I had to wheel them into the emergency. And um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was lucky that we did it then and not any other time because apparently there was a car accident at the time, and so the MRI specialist was there, wow. and um, he was able to get Ash through from an MRI like straight away. But I remember when they came back, we were sitting in emergency, and I honestly thought Ash would just like have a pinched nerve or something mm. like I was so like blase about it yeah. and then he sat down and he looked up at us and he's like no there's, there's a lesion in her spinal cord and it looks like a mess and I was we were just what like you've got to be kidding me and then it was just yeah we, we went into like plasma exchange and doing all this like it was almost like a dialysis kind of process and um, steroids <laughs> and there was a month in hospital and Ash was in a wheelchair and so I was just like I don't know the bubble, the engagement bubble, and I think that's why I never we really haven't got made it. No, because I was just like, that is not important. Like, what is important is Ash's health, and um, but also like, there's that's your biggest nightmare really for, for a partner to potentially not be able to walk and be in a wheelchair for the rest of their life. That's what I was thinking could be happening. Mm. Um, but Ash's mindset is just like Ash is my rock, and. You know, it's you're just so resilient and you know, strong, positive. I realized the, the drugs you were on in the hospital because I was a mess. I was the one like crying, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's going to happen?" Ash was on antidepressants in that, like, I didn't know it was like a happy drug. <laughs> you're like, everything's fine. I'm like, can't be my legs, but everything's fine. Like, oh my god, why am I so? Why am I dealing with this so badly? But then you know, it switched around, and I was able to kind of hold Ash. And, um, you know, because when Ash came home and we were in a wheelchair, we had to adjust the whole house to be wheelchair friendly. So, yeah, it's been a journey. It's been a huge journey. And obviously having a five-year-old. That's so emotional. I know, because, like, it was being a part of it with you both and your families. It was an incredibly tough time. And, you know, Ash just heated up. I mean, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Because I just look at you both, and Ash especially, and just love that she just has so well they have so much grit mm. you know and it's the mindset that I think we were sitting there one day the three of us and Ash's mindset was just insane mm. yeah yeah it's, it's admiring and yeah we yeah I I love our connection and I'm so lucky yeah. alright guys <laughs> but don't worry we're going to come back with the lols you do have a great sex life. <laughs> Indeed. <Yeah. laughs> and I remember getting in the car with Rosie the other day and I picked her up and we were going to um, yoga. And she's like, I have had the best week of sex. And I was like, oh my God, tell me. I just am so intrigued. And she was like, 
three clitoral orgasms. And no, I was like, no, no, no. Oh, what did you I say? I can't have three oh, clitoral shit. orgasms. Oh, shit. What did you say? Okay, you do the No, it was like, I had a clitgasm and then I oh. had a squirting orgasm oh. and then I had a cervical orgasm. Oh. And I was like, what is even that? It yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that? Which one? The so squirt one. The squirt, squirt squirting one is a, a G-spot orgasm. So um, just underneath the clitoris, I'm just going to give it a little. Yeah. I like your golden shit here. Do you like our um, sex ed teacher? Yeah. So there's a G-spot inside the vagina, like one to three inches in. And it's it's kind of part of the erectile tissue network of the clitoris and the ure- urethra and the skin's gland. So when you insert your... I'm just doing like a demo here. When <laughs> Not a podcast, so, uh, you know, your own imagination goes in here. This is like squirt school 101. Um, and so you... <laughs> Does everyone want to learn this? Yeah. Yes. Um, so it's like inserting your fingers in, usually one or two. And pressing up against the G spot whilst doing simultaneous clitoral stimulation. And work. It is. It's a whole (laughs) workout. Yeah. Um, And then basically adding quite a bit of pressure. It's actually quite like a vigorous action. And if the person who's receiving is really relaxed and um, feeling comfortable and safe, I think safety is a big thing for being able to release and let go and have a healthy sex life. And squirt blanket underneath you, so yes. you feel like you're gonna ruin the couch. A squirt blanket, yeah, yeah. So doing that, and then um, and letting them make sound, letting them move their body as much as they need to, and then this is the this is the key. Okay, you ready? Okay, yeah. you ready? Can, we, can someone film this for? <laughs> no, this is like Insta friendly. I'm already banned on it. Put on my Instagram, see what happens. And then you pull out a little bit, like you pull out. Oh, the fingers? Yeah, you pull the fingers out. Griffo, are you taking notes? <laughs> And that helps to release the floodgates. Oh. Yeah. And what does it feel like to squirt for those people who've never done it? It feels like a release. It doesn't feel as like high and, and climatic as like a clitoral orgasm, but it's like a, a beautiful surrendering and like release. Isn't it so a build up? It's mm-hmm. not, there, are, there is oh. particles of mm. urea in the liquid, um, but they've done scientific studies and it's like, a mixture of like prosthetic fluid and water and wee, a little bit of wee, but not too much. <laughs> Just asking for a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's fun. It's, it feels like waves. I like to describe it as like a wave of... Mm. And that's why you need the splash blanket. Yes. So that's what we were talking about, you designing products and stuff earlier before we got sidetracked and had 50 other thousand conversations. So you test all your products you've you know just introduced this new one which is a splash blanket Mm. so you've got them all around the house like how do you actually come up with all these ideas this was just a really practical one like literally i was so sick of washing the sheets every time after having sex because of because of ash (laughs) sorry ash (laughs) ash is gonna have a bad um so i just thought wouldn't it be great to have a beautiful plush waterproof blanket and so because I, I call it a psychological sex toy because you, you feel like if you know you can let go, you will. Mm-hmm. You you'll be more likely to have a nicer, fuller, like orgasmic experience. So I went to market and found the product that we now sell and we've got we've got fitted sheets coming out soon so you can have sex rocks, whole bed, um, and bamboo, so not like the fluffy ones that we sell now are really warm. Does anyone have one? 
I'm going to get hot in summer. Yeah, they're so warm because of the waterproof layer. So, and but they get hot in summer. So we've got a summer blanket coming out. But yeah, Ash is my inspiration for a lot of things actually. And do you test on Ash? Oh, yeah, like everything. <laughs> I test more on Ash than me. Some of the products. And who comes up with the names of the Ash? A lot. Like I just, I think I've, I'm at a bit of a creative block with names. Like I've, you're cock blocking yourself. I, I just feel like I've got my bangers, the sacred squirt of the cervix serpent, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like I need help from yeah. other people to pick the names. But Ash is great at the names. Yeah. Well, you're an incredible woman. You're building an insane empire, which, like I said, just as Rosie's friend, and I'd love to tell this story, so I tell it all the time. I just still remember when she was selling, you know, jade eggs out the back door. Not that back door, but out the back door. <laughs> when she was living in a share house, and now I see her as this sex toy entrepreneur changing the world. Like, you're getting PR all around the world with what you do, the conversations that you have. I mean, like, Mark Zuckerberg probably knows who you are because he's barring you all the time for these conversations. I'm so popular with him. So unpopular <laughs> but what does it feel like to go from a man to a woman sex wise mm. because I was reading Sophie Cash's book recently there's something about her what's oh god I think it's called then there was her then there was her and in this book I felt like I was reading like um what were mum's old books you know those um Mills and Boots oh and I'm like, wow. is it sexual is, does she it's go into bit, detail I kind of think it's quite sexy to fall in love with a woman mm. sorry hubby I'm not really <laughs> but there was something about it that I was like it, it, was, it was a bit like a fantasy mm. and so I wondered what it was like for you it's so much more vulnerable, I think, than being with a man. Like, I, maybe because I've been with men for most of my adult life, being with a woman felt vulnerable because you're fully, you're fully seen. I think because they know what it's like to be a woman, you can't, there's no way to hide. Like, there's no way to hide from a, a female-bodied partner. Um, I'm, like, I feel like they just get you. It's almost like being with a best friend that you've had a crush on for years. And you get to sleep over every night. And it's like, and you just, I mean, they have boobs and a vagina and it's just like you get to explore so much. I used to think that I could only have, you know, a penis to have pleasure. Yeah. But um, I think with a woman, there's a lot, there's a lot of um, heart and a lot of communication. And obviously we both have cycles. So there's like, there's a whole lot that goes into. Do you in sync now? No, we're never in sync. Only once, I, I think. That happens. No. This happened in my workplace. Everyone would get the period at the same time. I wish we did. I know. Someone said, "Why don't you both get pregnant together?" And we're like, "No, no, 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 no." Uh, well, what do people say to you? Like, what are some of the uncomfortable things that people say to both of you as a, you know, as a couple that are so open online? What are some of the things that you have to deal with? I don't think we've had much. No. I'm trying to think. I mean, we've had a few people, like, if we're holding hands, because we love PDA, um, and it does make people a little uncomfortable. But also, I think, again, we don't see many lesbians together mm. kissing in public. And when we see a lesbian together, we're like, yeah. Yes. Like, they're lesbians. And, you know, it's nice to see, but people obviously stare. And sometimes we had an older couple, like, really... I don't know, say something under their breath and shake their heads. And so you're, you're facing a lot of people's um, cultural and religious kind of belief systems around it. My family were amazing. I think they said to me, oh, we, we kind of expected it from you. <laughs> so, 
Well, you know what? I think back to when we were work- when we were working together, doing some new yoga together, and I remember you telling me about how you'd had a yoni massage, and I was like, "Pardon? <laughs> like another girl massaged your vagina?" And you were like, "Yeah, like it was just so normal." And like yeah, now, obviously well, now I know you and the conversations we have, it does feel normal, you know, and people, you can actually get yoni massages and yeah. they're beautiful. They're not sexual. It's not, you know, but I no. remember I was so naive. They can go sexual, but I think for the most part, depends where you're booking into, but um, <laughs> it's a very healing experience. My first yoni massage, which is basically like a full body massage, including breast and vagina, um, which are two parts of the body plus the belly actually these parts get very neglected in massage unless it's with your partner um it's a very it's like the first time someone massages your vulva in a non-sexual way in like a just a therapeutic loving affectionate touching way and you feeling like you don't need to give anything back i remember just bursting into tears i was like oh my god i don't have to do anything i can just receive and heal there was so many, I think that the, the yoni, when I say yoni, I mean, sac- it means sacred space, sacred yeah. temple in Indian Sanskrit. Um, we can hold so much trauma in that space in our body from unconscious sex, from sexual abuse, from like, it can be anything like little trauma or big trauma, whether it's somebody, basically, if you told them you had an STD and they said, well, I don't want to have sex with you, that can cause trauma in the vagina where it grips and it, and it tightens and it goes, fuck you, I don't want anyone there. Or like maybe you were sexually abused and there's a lot of gripping in that space because you're basically closing your legs, trying not to let anyone else in. Um, and there's so many different ways, even just like bad PMS or endometriosis like there's abortions surgery so many women after getting like a cervical scraping done um, or like burning off the cancerous cells say that the whole yoni goes into like spasm and so going to an actual yoni massage therapist trained practitioner who who can really give your vagina presence and love and tenderness and press into these certain spots that hold tension like you just you just unravel and cry and release and it's often the first time that a lot of women have actually experienced that Mm. like you can have big feelings from experiences like that as well as sex right yeah i mean a lot of boys girls anyone are taught about sex through porn and that's a very friction-based goal-oriented kind of sex and it's all you don't really see in movies like a man staring at a woman's vulva you know describing her and like touching her kind like it's just (laughs) yeah but women we need that too yeah yeah oh rosie i could talk to you for hours you know that (laughs) everything to do with confidence in the bedroom your relationship putting yourself out there falling in love with a woman like i said i just i love seeing you and ash together it melts my heart you're one of my favorite couples and when i watch you online i see the love that you have for each other um and you know ash's front row just like in awe of you and i love your relationship and i wanted you to share that so Mm. thank you so much thank you so much for having me Well, I'm shadow banned, so you have to type it out in full <laughs> at Rosie, R-O-S-I-E dot Reese, R-E-E-S. And we'll chuck it in the show notes so you can stalk in the show notes of where to find Rosie. Uh, Rosie Reese, everyone. Thanks so much. <laughs>
that's it for our live shows. Finishing up today with Rosie Rees, we had Rumbi Mazanki and we had Steph Gorton all recorded on August 5th here in Perth. But do not fear, we are going on the road. If you want to find out where we are heading, join the waitlist. There's a link in the show notes. I would love for you to let me know where you are and if you're screaming for us to come and see you because I'm going on a book tour. I'm going on a podcast tour. You only live once, so I'm YOLOing it up. And yeah, I would love to meet you. So please slide into my DMs at underscore Heidi Anderson. And thank you so much for getting around the podcast, recommending it to a friend, you know, uh, subscribing on any of your podcast apps and giving us a review and also tagging me on Instagram, shouting out from the rooftops, which is literally a game changer for anyone who is running a podcast. And so we appreciate you and I am just so thankful. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.